Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. So Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for uh, bringing the word today. And Father, I can't do this without you uh, in any way physically, spiritually, there's only one way that I can minister the word, and that's you empowering me. So in advance, I give you all the glory. I I ask that you help me to uh, give the word out today, and I give you all the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I was listening to Nina at the 830 service when we were up in Cairns on our little getaway, and she started to minister what I was working on for this week. And that's what the Holy Spirit's been doing recently. We've all had that happening. Everyone that's been ministering, it's almost, wow, like, and we've been picking up. So we haven't done a, we used to do series. We always did series, and we haven't done a series for a while. But it's just been more like the Holy Spirit. So as she was ministering, I was saying, well, and then, but immediately the Lord started to redirect me. And that's just the way he is. So the, the word change Uh, start stirring in my spirit, change. So I started to have scriptures come to me and various things come into my heart along the lines of change. And so as it began to come, I'm just calling this true change, true change. And as far as, you know, change, if you've been around for any number of years, you know that when we moved to Australia, uh, we discovered the high-set homes. And so I grew up in the States, and the people that come to, the, you know, the Western world, when people come, they build homes like they, they see a certain style of home and they build it, and then it progresses. So now Australia and the world, on a prorated basis, they have the largest homes in the world. They are prorated, bigger than homes in America. So very blessed nation. But the high set home was one of the first ones I guess they built. And then what was real popular when we moved here was to get a high set and then refit it out and so we went through when we were looking for homes we walked through high set homes that refit out it's amazing the the refits but that's what you call change like where it's a material change and so you can have you know true change in in a home then you know when you trade your old car in on a new car isn't that material change and isn't that nice you know you could go from a car that smells to a car that smells not so good to a bat. brand new the brand new smells great isn't it anything that smells brand new is a nice smell true change material change then the, there's the new hairdo now i don't think i've ever had my wife come home from getting a hairdo saying do i know you you know but some hairdos can be radical it's something I like really change like different color different length different style and all that and that's change that's a uh, physical change then there is like some people win lotteries and they win millions of dollars and then it gets wired into their bank account and that is like true financial or numerical change. So change. Today we're not going to talk about any of those things, but we're going to talk about change. It's going to be spiritual. So the definition for change, the verb, is make or become different. And then the noun is an act or process through which something becomes different. So change can even be a process, and we're even going to see a scripture later on that talks about that. But change means things change. They become different. So here's a thought. God changes things, but then man, mankind, we can make changes and change things also. And so we're going to see both of those things. We're going to look at various things about change today. So we're going to start off at Romans chapter 1 and verse 22, and it starts by saying, professing to be wise, they were made fools. So just stopping right there, we could say people that reject God or things that God says or God's ways, his words, this is what God says about people. So, I mean, I don't want to be in that category where where I reject God and his words and his way because according to that, you know, even though you think you're wise, you're becoming a fool. Then verse 23 says and change the glory of the incorruptible God into the likeness of an image of corruptible man and of fowls and of uh, quadrupeds, which is four-legged creatures, and of reptiles. Wherefore, also God did give them up in the desires of their hearts to uncleanness, 
to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who did change. So look at change. We got changed twice here. Changed and change. Who did change the truth of God into a falsehood and did honor and serve the creature or creation. Now this translation has creature, but I did a little slash and put creation because there's other translations you may have that says creation. But they did honor and serve the creature or creation rather than the creator who is blessed to the ages. And I like that because God always was and he always will be. And so when we talk about like resisting God or disagreeing with him or not choosing his way, we have to realize he always was and he always will be. (laughs) And it's really, you know, he's always right. It's really good to go his way. And so verse 26 then says, because of this, did God give them up to dishonorable affections for even their females did change the the natural use into that against nature and I'm stopping there because I'm not focusing on that but you can see once they made their choices and then God in a sense he took his hand off of them when it says he gave them over in other words they were making their choices and he pulled back and then they kind of got they kept going so this is referring back this portion of scripture is referring back to before Jesus, before he came. It was before his saving grace, which is made available to everyone that this is talking about today. Thank God for that. But people back then, they, and I know that there's different views, but I am of the view that God made us with a free will and he's not manipulating us. He may influence us, but I'm of the view he made us with a free will and we make our choices. And based on the choices that we make, that's how our life will unfold. So one day I made a choice to receive Jesus as Lord. Once I made that choice, my life had a drastic turnaround, and it's been unfolding much differently ever since. But he didn't force me to receive him. He may have sent somebody to speak the word to me, which I believe he did. But I had to receive that and make my choice. So I am of the view that Mankind is not being manipulated by God, but we are free-willed creatures, and, and we're able to make our own choices. Uh, and then as we continue to think about what we're reading here, this is uh, people that made their choices. They didn't choose God. That's what you see. They changed his image, and they changed his truth. We just read that, right? And when they changed things, here's what it resulted in. God then did some things their decisions and them changing things caused god to do some things it was god of course taking his hand off of them we could say this god gave them up to things that were not intended to be it's okay to say that god gave them up to things that were not intended to be so if we just like build on that a little bit when the majority of the world which would include you, if you watch TV, if, whatever, you, if all the power players of the world, which would be the media and the Hollywood and Bollywood and sports and all these powerful people with lots of money, corporations, and, and if they're all saying the same thing, just because they're saying something doesn't mean it's true. And so these kind of things, things happen that God never intended to happen. But if enough people with enough power say it long enough, there are people that don't know God and they don't know his word and they'll think that is truth and they'll go with that. And it happens. And so this is why this is relevant for Christians. So it's relevant for Christians, what we're going to talk about today. So what are we saying here? That loving the creation or creature more than the creator... That's what this portion is. When somebody loves the creation and the creature more than the creator, that's what this portion of Scripture is talking about. So I mentioned months ago, it was in August of 2020, I did a message, and in that message, which you can find on YouTube if you want to go back, I showed how the power players of the world, billionaires and people in political positions, uh, these, these people, that they talked about doing a great reset. It's on video, so and if it was conspiracy, I don't think the Prime Minister of Australia would have commented on it where he said, 
Australia, we're not going to go with this great reset. Now, that's his intention, and so we should keep that in prayer. But he mentioned another president that's going to go with that. He mentioned two other presidents in the Western world, and he said, I'm not going along with them. So this is not a conspiracy theory, and I think it's relevant for us. But this great reset, when you watch it on video, the initial time that they mention it, it was shortly after the virus came, and they actually say on video that the virus was a great opportunity. And this is how power people and politicians use things like this to their advantage. So they, first of all, said the virus was a great opportunity to do a reset on the world. That's them getting more power is what they're saying. They'll try to make you think they care about you, but it's actually them caring about something else other than you. And I'm being just real direct, okay? So they start talking about that. And so the, the, one, the reset architects, that's what I'm, I'm calling them, they, they said the virus was a great opportunity, but then they mentioned climate change. And so, like, how does climate change fit in even with the scriptures that we just read, and how does this fit in? And I'll say it in a moment, but recently a CNN employee was being filmed unknowingly while in a conversation. And there's, like, a guy in America that he... He has, under, he has these secret people that set cameras up and they, they start doing interviews and the people don't know they're being interviewed and it, and it obviously gets some people upset, but he gets them to talk about their intentions and then he releases that. So he did this and the CNN guy said our first thing was to, to sway the election in the U.S. by not telling the truth and we did that and, he, and they said we're proud of that. But then, then he said our next goal is to push climate change. So they're stating, see, and when you hear, hear what the big media companies are doing, what they're wanting to push climate change, so why, why would that even be relevant to a Christian? Why would we even need to know about that? Well, we're going to look at some scriptures to see, because we, we, it's going to be in conversation. You're, you're going to hear more and more conversations about this. I've already seen a movie start, like some guys I really like, you know, um, the, the drummer for the Eagles, who he actually grew up in church and then... His father died unexpectedly, and he walked away from God in church, you know, and, and then he's kind of been lost ever since. Great drummer, great singer. He's like one of the great voices for the Eagles. He's going around making climate change his message now. The, big, the biggest threat to the world is climate change. We're starting to hear it from movies. So it's, it's important that we know something about it as a Christian because we're going to get in conversations. So let's look at this. Like, there's an article in The Guardian, and the title is this, Humans, I'm a human, you're human. Is anyone here not human? It says, Humans, the real threat to life on Earth. That's what this article is about. Humans, they're the real threat to life on Earth. So as soon as I saw that, then here's the first sentence, here's how it reads, Earth is the home to millions of species. Just one dominates it, us. That's how the article starts. Earth is the home of millions of species, but just only one species is dominating the earth, and that's us humans. That's the first sentence or so. As soon as I read that, and here's why this is important. Christians, we should know the Bible so well that when we hear something or read something, there should be, the, the scriptures should pop up, and we should know that's not true. But here's what popped up into my heart. Genesis 1.27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. Did he create the dog in his image? And, I, and we're the biggest dog lovers ever. Don't mess with a dog in front of me. I, I love dogs. You know, I love dogs, and they're my number one animal that I love. I like looking at the eye. You know, you look into the animal's eyes. Dog's eyes are just even just, they just have love in them, don't they? And then you look at, we, we were walking the other day, and where we walked, there was a horse, you know, we walked by big, lock, big blocks, and there was a horse that walked up because it wanted to see us. And I said, Patsy, look at that horse's eyes. It just looks like that horse has love in its eyes. So just so you know, I, lo I love animals. But there has to be an understanding and a balance on this. So God didn't create animals in his own image. He created man 
in his image. So that scripture just pops up when I read what they're saying here. Then it says this, it says in verse 28, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And look at this, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You see what God said about man? Now, look at how that starts off, that article. Earth is the home of, to millions of species. We're more than a species. We're created in God's image. And then it just says one of the species. We're just like a dog. We're just like a cat. No. But this is the way people that don't know God look at humans. We're the problem. The name of the article is Humans, the Real Threat to Life on Earth. But he says, be fruitful and multiply. And then he says, fill the earth and subdue it. Then he says, have dominion over what? Over our fellow humans? No, he said, have dominion over what? You know, it's okay to catch a fish and eat it, according to God, just being honest. See, I'm for God. And and if I'm for God, then I'm I'm okay with what he says. Um, All right, so then let's continue the article. Here's what they say. Our cleverness... Our inventiveness and our activities have modified almost every part of the planet. This is the the paragraph out of that article. In fact, we are having a profound impact on it. Indeed, our cleverness, our inventiveness, and our activities are now the drivers of every global problem we face. See, we're the problem. That's what it's saying here, all right? And every one of these problems is accelerating as we continue to grow towards a global population of 10 billion. In fact, I believe we can rightly call the situation we're in right now an emergency, an unprecedented planetary emergency. That's all I'm reading. But you see that it's saying us humans are the problem and something needs to be done to us. Okay, to protect the creation, to protect earth, to protect animals, all right? And then here's here's what superstar actor Jason Momoa, now he's the guy that played in Aquaman, and I'll be honest, I like the guy, you know, and so you can like somebody and not agree with him, and I, I try to do that. I can talk with anybody. If you disagree with me, I can have a conversation with you. I can talk about anything, even if I don't agree. So... Jason did an awesome job in Aquaman, and he's a macho guy. I mean, I like those kind of guys better than, like, little Johnny Depp, you know, and those kind of guys, you know. Sorry, my wife's looking at me. It's a matter, you know, I'll stop there. But so Jason said this. He, he spoke in front of the United Nations at the Small Islands event on September the 27th, 2019. This is only two years ago. And he told the world leaders that they were failing to do what's needed to stave off climate change. But he didn't place the blame on the world leaders. He, placed, he also made it clear that humanity itself is a disease. I'll say, he said humanity itself is a disease that is infecting our planet. Now, I thought, Jason, I've watched your movies, you know, and I like you, but I totally disagree. We have been made in the image of God, and humanity is not a disease that's infecting the planet. You're 100% wrong, although you're a macho guy. So, like, getting back to Romans 125, it says, who did change the truth of God into a falsehood? and did honor and serve the creature or creation rather than the creator who is blessed to the ages. So you see how this is tying in. There's a group of people out there that they, maybe out of a pure heart or maybe out of a purposeful heart where they actually want, they want to do the wrong, and I like to think some of them are just doing it because they don't know God, and because they don't know God, they're saying stupid stuff. But I know there's another group out there that they know what they're saying is stupid they don't think it's, but they're purposely doing it. But what we see here is anybody that changes the truth of God into a falsehood, one way to do that is that you serve the creature or the creation rather than the creator. 
That's one way that that happens. And so you start putting things above God. And, and when you put things above God, you actually put them above people. So we're on the earth to get people saved, not animals. But I love animals. But God didn't say to preach the gospel to animals. Um, so I'm for taking care of the planet, but I'm not going to worship the planet. I'm for taking care of animals, animal shelters. Rehou- I mean, we had two little puppies, and we, uh, well, they weren't puppies. They were little dogs. And when both of our daughters got married, we realized because we traveled, we couldn't take care of them. We took them to the government agency down there going toward uh, the Gold Coast uh, near Helensville. Government agency where you take them, and they, they, there's doctors there. They give them their shots. They make sure they're fine, and then they... They make sure they put them in a good home that they're not going to get abused. So I'm all for that kind of stuff where our dogs got replaced in a good way. She cried like mad um, when she, we gave those. Anyway, so I'm, I'm not for worshiping animals there. There's cults that worship animals. There's some countries that it's against the law to kill certain animals because they're like a god. This is how far this goes. So this is what God's talking about, okay? So... Uh, man-made statues of animals and people make that a god and then there's a calling earth mother earth i mean i i serve father god i don't serve mother earth thank god for the earth it's here for us you know according to the bible you know after jesus comes back down the road there's going to be a new heaven and earth that's why i'm not losing any sleep over the earth according to the bible and jesus said when you preach the gospel in every nation, the end will come. And he didn't say the end was going to be global warming or climate change. He said the end is going to be when he returns back to the earth to get us. He has no concern about this stuff. But they're trying to use it to their advantage. And I think us Christians, we need to know that. We need to know what the Bible says, okay? So here's some people. This may seem at first like it doesn't connect, but it does. Here's some people in the Old Testament, some of the kings, and they made some changes. We're talking about changes today. In 1 Kings 11 and verse 5, it says, For Solomon went after Asheroth, the goddess of the Zidians, and after Milcom, the, ab- the ab- uh, abomination of the Amorites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord as did David, his father. So Solomon started off pretty awesome. He had, like, massive amounts of wisdom. I mean, like, the queen of Sheba came. She wanted to see it with her own eyes. And when she saw it, she was so impressed. It was more than she heard about him. That's what the Bible says. So much wisdom. He ran the kingdom in such a way, the way they dressed. He was awesome, but he went off, and God wasn't pleased with it. He changed some things. And God wasn't pleased with it. And then you have Second Chronicles fourteen two, and this is it says, and Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He took away the foreign altars in the high places and broke down the pillars and cut down the ashram. So what what are we seeing? We see two things here. One thing God is pleased, and the other He's not pleased, and it had to do with worshiping something other than God. Worshiping animals, worshiping statues, worshiping people. So, you know, so this, that's what this is about. You know, there's just people that, you know, they're impressive. I mentioned the drummer for the Eagles. He's very impressive, but I'm, I'm surely not going to worship him, and everything that comes out of his mouth is not truth. And there's sports people, and just because they're famous in sports doesn't mean everything that comes out of their mouth is truth. And then there's Hollywood, which most things that come out of their mouth is wrong. You know, they might be good at what they do acting, but they say a lot of things that are not true. Uh, and I'm just being honest. So we, we have to know the Bible so well that when somebody says something that isn't true, we can identify it like that. As soon as it comes out, we say, well, no, the scripture says this. They might be saying that, but this is what the Bible says. They may have a lot of money. They may be famous. They, they're on TV, but it doesn't matter because they're wrong. And that's kind of like how I live my life. I, I know what God's word says, and I can identify very quickly uh, what people are saying. Is it wrong or right? Um, so uh, here's some things. We're talking about change today. This is something that God will do for all Christians. 
So this is something for Christians. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 51, it says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. And then verse 52, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. This is talking about physical change. Everyone that calls Jesus their Lord, and it's a Christian, we're going to get a new body someday. You know, we're going to have those, like, we can be like all those cartoon things and all those, like, superhero things, like the guy that runs, the Flash. We'll probably be like the Flash, you know, like, we can go through walls, we can run real fast. That's, we're going to have those kind of bodies, but now we're, we're limited in what we have. But every Christian, God is going to do that. He's going to change us. Okay. Then here's how Philippians says it, Philippians 3.21, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. So these bodies... The reason that we're able to operate in any kind of a spiritual way on the earth is because we have a body. And that's why the devil tries to possess people, because having a body on the earth gives you more influence. And so even as Christians, let's, we're in our temples. Let's make sure while we're in these temples we do everything we can to tell people about Jesus and to see more people come into the kingdom. That's why we're on the earth. So what we just looked at, that was about our future and but let's look more at our present, like both our past and our present, because our present, that was about physical things in the future, but our past before Christ in our present made it possible for us to have spiritual change. So there is this Greek word, it's called metamorpho. It's, it's used in four scriptures. So the whole New Testament, this Greek word is only used four times. So I find that significant. But then it's, it's where it's used that makes it even more impressive. So one, two out of the four times, it's just the same thing, only in two different Gospels. So you know how the Gospels, there's four of them, and sometimes the same story's told in more than one Gospel. So actually, it's only three times because two, one of them's repeated. So the one time is when Jesus was physically transfigured, and then the other two are about us. So the one, here's the one with Jesus in Matthew 17, 2. It says, And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. So this is an unusual event, and you don't see that happening every day, do you? And he, there was just like this small, like three of his disciples were there to see that. No one else got to see it. But we're talking about a supernatural, amazing event. He was transfigured right before their eyes. So I find it even more amazing and impressive that same Greek word is only then used two more times. And then here's where it's used, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. There's that word, metamorpho, be transformed. So you see how supernatural that is. Christianity is not like this like duty, I say that, it's not like a duty. I mean, it's so supernatural that there's a transformation that happens. So it's, you be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So this, these things came in. Christianity isn't a set of outward rules to strive for. That's not what it is. It's not this outward rules out there that we're striving for to be better Christianity did not originate from a mind, a person, a group of people. That's not where there's... And, and you know, when you think... Every other religion out there originated from a mind, from a person, or a group of people. There's only one that originated out of heaven, from God. Think about that. How awesome and powerful it is to be connected to God. And then Christianity... It's from, and I have this, an almighty, all-powerful, eternal God. His words bring about true change. We're talking about true change today. So we're not programming our minds. They're being transformed. You know, when people program, I, I've, you know, when I worked out in the workplace, 
and every time I got a new job, you know, you go to HR, depending on how big the place is, and HR runs you through, this is the way it is here, you know, you, know, you work two hours and you get a 10 minute break, and, and then you do this and you don't do that, you get oriented, you know, by HR, set of rules, programming, you know, we're gonna program you so you fit in here, which is good. But Christianity is not that, we're transformed. And then uh, we're, we aren't brainwashing, our, we're not getting brainwashed, and there's brainwashing that goes on out there, but we're not being brainwashed, we're being transformed. It's supernatural. The creator of the universe giving us his words, transforming us with his words. I, I mean, this is an awesome thing to be a Christian. Doesn't mean we're to look down on anyone, and we need to love those that are not Christians, and they need to get saved, so making that clear. But here's 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is the other verse that has that word in it, and it's that word transformed. So there's a transformation that happens with our mind, but then there's also this transformation that happens in the realm of the Spirit. We go from glory to glory. I, I mean, so when you think about it, Christianity isn't a denomination or a building. Christianity is much more than a religion or a church. Although we have church, but it's not just a building. It's like life. Christianity has the tangible presence of God in it, God's glory. You don't get that anywhere else. And as I said, we, we need to love everyone and we want to give this to them so we don't want to look down on anyone like I'm a Christian and you're this. That's not going to get anyone saved. But some other words for um, change like alter, I've been altered, make a difference. When I got Jesus Christ, it made a difference. Become different. I have become different. Undergo a change. Receiving him, there's a change that happens. Make alterations. Once he got on the inside, man, I've been making alterations. You know, adjust. I've been making a lot of adjustments since he got on the inside of me. Make adjustments to, uh, to improve. You know, you know, like you, people try to improve, but when you're in Christ, he gets on the inside of you. You improve, but it's supernatural, which is awesome. He's been modifying us, and we've been converted. We've been revised, recast, reformed, reshaped, refashioned. I, I like that. Re- he's redesigned us. <laughs> We've been restyled. It's more than a hairdo, huh? Revamped. I mean, he gets on the inside. It's awesome, this change that happens. So I just had this come to finish up today and talk about practical steps to permanent change. Practical steps to permanent change. So here's the first thing. And number one is to receive Jesus. That, that's where it all starts. To receive Jesus. So John 3 3, it says, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Christianity is life changing and it produces permanent change. You want permanent change? It starts as soon as you say, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord. I believe God raised you from the dead. He comes on the inside. You become alive in Him. And the end of it is we get a new body and we're in heaven for eternity. It's a permanent change. Now, I want to encourage, you know, I really encourage if you are watching online or if you're sitting here today and somebody shared Jesus with you and you prayed a prayer to get rid of them, but you didn't really pray it from your heart, I really encourage you, if you don't pray it from your heart, because what you want is you want him to come on the inside. That's where it starts. So if you ever prayed a prayer where you just, I'm going to just get rid of this person, you know, get rid of them, and you just blabbed it out, you know, it would be a good day to actually, if you really want, because you might be thinking, man, I, I don't, what you're talking about, I'm just not, I just don't have that. Well, all I can tell you is when he got on the inside of me, it was like so tangible and so real, and I, it's been 42 years, and I can't walk away from him. And believe me, if you knew me before I was saved, you would think the guy is bad. He's got problems. He's got issues. He's mean. He's, he's a bully. I was all of those things. 
and he got on the inside of me, and I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't walk away from him. All I want to do is serve him, and I'm not saying that you have to be a pastor to serve him. I mean, there's so many ways to serve him, so it's not like behind a pulpit, but it's, it's like he's everything. And you, if, you haven't, if you don't have that, if you don't have, you know, make sure you just, like if you're a young person, maybe you prayed that prayer to make your parents happy, but you didn't really pray it from your heart. I encourage young people, ask him in. Declare from your heart that Jesus, I believe God raised you from the dead and receive him. Because I'll tell you, doing life with him, oh, it's so much better. It doesn't mean there's not going to be challenges or problems, but to have him, my. So Christianity isn't of the mind, but it's of the heart. Now, here's something that I put up because I think it's important. No one is taught into Christ, but instead we are born into Christ. Let that sink in. And, and I think for me, you know, he's freely imparted to us when we receive him. But we owned a gym. This is back in 1983, uh, or wait, 79, 1979. We owned a gym in 1979. Some of you may not be, have been born. And we trained guys. We mainly specialize in training bodybuilders. So we actually had a champion come out of our gym. We trained Mr. Teenage Youngstown, Ohio. You know, we started with him and we got him. You bulk up first and that's when you eat all the, every, anything you want to eat to bulk up and you try to lift heavier weights. And then this is the way they used to do it. And then there's a contest coming, so then you got to cut. And so when the cut comes, you only eat protein, hardly anything else except protein, and then all, all the fat gets off your body, and then you get ripped all up. You, you know, we did that, and he, the guy won Mr. Teenage Youngstown, Ohio. I've never been real good at only eating protein for long amounts of time. It's difficult. Don't even know if it's healthy, but the guy won a contest. So we gave our life to training people physically. And so that's what we were doing, but then my brother Joe got saved, and then there was a tug on me to get saved. My brother Joe was doing main, most of the tugging, and he said, when are you going to do it? And I said, listen, we put our, our business up for sale because my brother Joe wanted to follow the Lord, and then I somehow bought into it before I was saved. Um, so I said this. I said, I've got some people I need to tell off before I get saved. You know, because when you're in business, you, you deal with people. And I said, so I'm going to tell off these people, and then I'll get saved. I never saw them again to tell them off. We, we, we sold our business. But what am I saying here? That no one is taught into Christ, but instead we're born into Christ, and he's freely imparted to us, and you don't make yourself good enough to get him. He, he'll come in to you the way you are. All we do is have to receive him. And then he takes over from there. And so even if you're thinking that way, I, I, don't, I just, I, you know what? He loves us exactly the way we are. We don't have to clean ourselves up to come to him. We come to him, and then he starts from the inside out cleaning us up. So anyone that truly receives Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they're permanently changed. Permanently changed. If you... If, you can't get out of it. You're, you're going to have a, a new body someday. It's going to be eternity. It's awesome. So 1 Peter one twenty three says, Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living, and I love that, the living and abiding word of God. God's word is living. There's no other living word out there except his word. And it's abiding. It means, man, it's not going anywhere. Awesome. So then 1 John 5.12, it says, Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. He's, he's the only way. That's where life is. Here's the second thing about steps for permanent change. Discover what happened. So if, once you get saved, it's so important to discover what happened. So after the birth, after Jesus, you know, what happened? So Titus 3, 4 says it this way. It says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared. In verse 5, it says, he saved us not because of works done, by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. 
That is so powerful right there. When you think about it, the creator of the universe comes and he washes us of all of our sin. I, I just think there's nothing too bad anyone can do. He will take anyone and wash them completely clean. When, when he washes, he doesn't remember. People, you know, when you do something and somebody gets their feelings hurt and you say, forgive me, and they say, I do, but sometimes they just remember it for years. You know, back then, three years ago, you remember when you said that? I, well, I, I asked you to forgive me. Well, it sure hurt me. Haven't forgotten. You know what I'm saying? God doesn't do that, man. When he forgives, it's gone. So he comes in and he washes a regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Man, those who were once dead spiritually become alive. There's just nothing like it. So the Creator, the all-powerful, the almighty God that, ever, that, that knows everything, He does that for us. It's important that we know what happens. And third, begin or continue to renew the mind. So receive Jesus. Understand what happened. And then begin or continue to renew the mind. Many Christian people, they've come and gone with influence. And even people, sometimes they come and go with God. And I mean, I don't know how anyone could ever walk away from him once they have him. You know, so make sure, you know, you pray and receive him, of course. But then I've made it my purpose and practice that there isn't any person that can do anything to me, like offend me, to cause me to walk away from God or church. You, you know, since, I, since I've been a Christian, I've never left a church. And I, I'm not get, if you left a church because you were offended, God forgives all, all that. Don't take it wrong. But I will not leave anywhere out of offense. I just refuse to do it. There's nobody, I just made a decision. No one's going to be able to offend me to the degree that I walk away from God's plan and purpose for my life. I walk away from a person. I've been insulted publicly as a leader, and the first thing I did after I dismissed the people is I went to the person and insulted me because I thought, I've got to make this right. I'm not going to walk away from people. If I can do anything, I'm going to restore the relationship. I'm not going to let people drive me and control me. I just encourage everyone, get on that level. It's a nice level to be on. Just being a pastor today, because I care. I care about people. You know, it, you don't want to let anyone else run your life. And so when you receive hurt, and all you think about is how somebody hurt, they're controlling your life. Don't let anyone control your life. Let go of it. So, people have come and gone with God. They walked away from Him. They've come and gone with serving, come and gone with serving Him. Uh, and that's because there's a lack of stability. And so, it's mind renewal that will bring stability. You always measure it up to the word. So like Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When everything is measured by the word, it's like, what's the word say about that? What's the word say? Somebody said something that's very offensive. You know, what's the word say? The word says to forgive them. The word says take no offense. You know, everything, there's a word for everything. There's Bible scriptures for every single thing in life. We can get anything we need, there's something about that. And you just renew your mind and you live by the word. So, so renewing our mind, it brings stability. So even out there, uh, you know, there's things out there, why is this relevant even? Well, there's this thing they call now, it never existed till recently, they call it hate speech. And so the ones that are making a big deal out of it, if you really analyze it and, and if you know what the Bible says, and, and then sometimes it's necessary to see, well, what's, what's, if you know, you have to know some things about politics sometimes to know what are they really saying. So like I've gone and looked at, looked at uh, the Constitution. I've gone and looked at laws. When somebody says something, I think, well, that's a lie because this is what the Constitution says or this is what the law says. Or, and so what they're saying, they're just trying to get people in their emotions because they want to get something going but I know what it really says, and that's not true. So I've done, I do that with the Word of God, and I've done that in that area too. So you want to know what truth is about things. So it's, it's your choice to do that. 
but this thing that they call hate speech, you know, what is that? Um, and, and here's the thing, if somebody has hate speech, it's really important for Christians not to hate back. So let's not hate back. Even if they hate us because of what we believe, we don't want to hate back. We need to love people, and we need to share the gospel with them. But I think what hate speech is, is really the way, the way that I would say it, it's speech that people don't agree with. And because they don't agree with it, they hate it. They hate that speech. So it's been said that the Bible is actually, it's been called hate speech. So there's a group out there that says the Bible's hate speech because God says, this is what I'm telling you, like this is truth. But they don't like what he says, so they call it hate speech. You understand? So as a Christian, nothing in the Bible is hate speech to me. And so, so we just have to know this is one thing. You renew your mind and know what the Bible says, and then when somebody says something, you think, well, that's not true because the Word of God says that. And then here's the last thing. The fourth thing is process things through the Word. So 1 Peter 1.14 says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. So our former ignorance is talking about before we received Jesus as Lord. And, the, and so God, you know, he, he could be looked upon as offensive, but he's saying, before you knew the Lord, you were ignorant. And I, I happily agree with that. And sometimes I still am ignorant I, in, in some areas. I'm not there in every area. And we have to, if, if, at least if you admit it, you, you position yourself to do move on. But before I knew Christ, I was really ignorant. And so he says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions. So it's interesting that ignorance can produce passions. So people that are ignorant can get really passionate about things that are really not true because they're ignorant. It's okay to say, I'm just saying what the Bible's saying. So although there's plenty of things outside of God, outside of our Bible and our church, there's all these things out there that will try to grab at our emotions, but when we decide to process things through the word, you, can't get into, it, you won't get into your emotions. So when everyone's getting real emotional and they're getting mad about stuff and everything, if we process things through the word and put the word first place, we're operating out of our hearts with truth and they're operating out of their emotions with lies. And that's the big difference. So it's important that we decide, let's process life through the word. And so when somebody says something, what's the word say? It keeps us in a place of peace. We'll be spiritual and not carnal and we'll be able to, if we move in compassion, there could come a door open where we can share things with people and help them. But as soon as we attack and get out of love, we're not going to be able to help anyone. So, Father, I thank you so much for everyone that's here today, Lord, both here and online. Father, I pray that the things that we looked at in your word today would be a help. Father, that we would be a people that know the truth, but we would be a loving and compassionate people. And Father, that we would process life through your word. And Father, we saw that it's renewing the mind that makes the difference. So the main purpose that you gave us your word isn't to give us a legalistic thing to do where we have to read so many chapters, but you gave us your word because it's life. And I even just pray that everyone listening right now here and online that everyone would see God's word, the Bible, your word. They would see that as life-giving and not a duty to read, but life that changes us permanently. I just thank you for that, Lord, that we just have the right outlook on your word and how powerful it is. So thank you for that. Before we go today, if you're with us, either here or online. And as you heard me saying earlier, if you're going to receive Jesus, do it with all your heart. This is the last thing we want to do. I want to just lead everyone in a prayer, if you're here or online. And even, you may have prayed it before, but you, you might have done it in a way to get rid of somebody, but you've really not engaged with your heart. And you can only get saved once, so I don't want to have misunderstandings. There's only one new birth, and when you have it, you have it. And then after that, you renew your mind and you learn how to put your flesh under. So even if you haven't been behaving the way you think, you, you can still have Jesus. You just need to learn, renew your mind and learn how to put your flesh under. 
But I'm talking about that first, that original birth. And so if you've ever prayed this prayer just to get rid of somebody or you've done it to make your parents happy, this is your opportunity to pray it with your heart. So we're going to do that together. And I really encourage you, don't be afraid. You know, like, I mean, he got into me and here I am behind a pulpit. You might think, I don't know if I want to pray this prayer. You might be young thinking, what if I end up there? But I, all I can tell you is, <laughs> I didn't want to be here. But all I can tell you is, if that's his will for you, you won't be sorry about it. You won't be sorry if you follow him. And don't be afraid to receive him. He'll get in there. He'll start directing you. So I'm going to lead you in this prayer, and I encourage you to pray it. Let's pray it together. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus. I see that Jesus died for me. I see it and hear it from your word. And I realize that he died for me. I also realize you raised him from the dead for me. So I receive you, Jesus, and I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And I believe you, you were my sacrifice so I could become clean and holy. Thank you for that. So if you prayed that prayer uh, for the first time, uh, if you're here, we have right out those doors, there, there's a next step station because the next step is important. And really, we got coming up real soon our I Believe class. So if you're a young Christian, your next step would be great to do I believe at 10 o'clock I think on the 23rd of May it starts and so we we did it in a way that you could go to the 830 service and still do that or you could do that and come in shortly you know you'll get in before we do the word here we put it there purposely so you can do I believe uh, or if you're watching online go to our website and go to next step it's raymond.org.au go to and just look for next steps because we have next steps for everyone so let's just invite everyone to stand up today. And let's just say something together, then we'll, we'll, we'll go out singing. Let's say this together. Heavenly Father, you're my life. Jesus, you're my life. I acknowledge that you're tangible, that you're real, that your life is in me. I am a new creature in Christ. I am saturated with your life. I choose to renew my mind, to be transformed by your word. I choose to process my life through your word, putting your word first place. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.